Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's November 30th, almost the end of a year that's been a year unlike anything we have ever seen or heard or experienced in, I know, collectively our lifetimes. I'm Radio Red. This is Read My Lips. We're on Voice America Radio, the Empowerment Channel. We were on the Variety Channel for several months, and we just moved here. Very, very happy to be here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the holidays today. Whatever you celebrate, wherever your heart is, wherever your background is, we're going to talk about an extra help of creativity for what I call a really tough year, the gift of holiday smiles and welcome again. I'm going to just do a quick shout out. I have my guests, Renee and Dr. Gary. I want you to join me in saying hello to LLL. We always do a shout out to her. Come on, one, two, three. Hello, LLL. And LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And we're still doing a GoFundMe to try and get her to move to London because it starts with L and she's in Whitestone, New York, and that just doesn't fit. So Laura, is always listening and we're always happy to have her on and she always sends me a note after the show telling me how much she enjoyed my guests so be aware Renee Baker and Dr. Gary Sprash we're going to be getting a, a love letter from lovely lanky Laura Legs there we go Maybe with you to London <laughs> well we will tell her you just told her yourself London's in the United States we can bring her here right well maybe there is maybe there is and by the way we're live here on Zoom I have the pleasure and privilege of watching my guests think I get to see them and hear them think and speak and you are hearing them on audio. I'm recording the video for them, and they might just share it on their social media or on their website. So there. So let's get started. Let me tell you a little bit about my guests. Then we'll do the holidays, national holidays, and we have a lot of celebrity birthdays today. We're going to cover those in a minute. First up in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking to Renee Baker, a.k.a. Mrs. Christmas. She calls herself also Carol Boss, B-O-S-S. And if you think about Carol, think of Christmas carols, caroling, carolers. Okay. You got the idea. She's a specialist in Christmas and holiday spirit. That's why she's here. In 1997, Renee, a.k.a. Carol Boss, founded and became the director of I-S-M-I-L-E in New York Productions. That's a mouthful, Renee. I don't know whether to call you Renee or Carol anymore. It's a company of Broadway holly, holiday carolers. She's the author of the best-selling book, Defeating Scrooge. How to Harness the Power of Christmas Carols to Revive Your Spirit Any Time of Year. And that's why she's here in November. Renee was on the show with me, always on another channel, about a year ago. And she's back. She contacted me and said, hey, Red, it's just about that time of the year. And I said, I haven't have an opening. So, Renee, why don't you just, just briefly say hello to my listeners and reintroduce yourself. Just take about two minutes, and then we're going to find out who our other guest is. Go ahead, Renee. Oh, hey, everybody. It's really great to be with you, Red and Gary, and all of you listeners, LLL. And, uh, well, you know, I, I I don't call myself Carol Boss. I, I will tell you that my carolers actually call me that. I've, I've been the founder and director of a company of Broadway holiday carolers, as Red said, uh, mainly out of New York City. And uh, so there's about 30 of us every year, and we go around to all sorts of different iconic places in New York and Connecticut and New, New Jersey and, and Philadelphia. And this year, because of COVID, uh, we're doing uh, virtual uh, get-togethers. And so we, we take live requests, you know, we'll be part of people's Zooms. We call it 
uh, I'll be Zoom for Christmas or for our Hanukkah readers, Zoom golly golly. And uh, so that's what we've been doing. But yeah, I, I also I get on people's uh, uh, their their parties to talk about you know the histories of Christmas carols uh, because I have a that my book is about the the histories the fascinating histories behind carols and the reason that I even started that practice was because one year even though my carolers think I have the corner on the market for Christmas spirit uh, one year it was gone it was gone mm-hmm. and it was painful and there's a lot of people who actually uh, have a lot of pain during the holidays. So I proactively set about, you know, getting it back. And what I just decided to do is look into these carols I'd been singing for at that point, about 16, 17 years, and find out other things that I might not have known about them. Like, where did they come from? Uh, You know, who wrote them? Do we even know? Because some of them are ancient. And uh, I'm telling you, the very first day I set out on that quest, I got my spirit back. It was like the end of January, and I got my Christmas spirit the last week of January. So I've just been kind of trekking along doing that. And so, yeah, it's my carolers who call me names, but my favorite of the names that they call me is Carol Boss. It's kind of like Cake Boss. I like that. Renee, I'm so happy to have you back on the show. We're we're delighted. I'm delighted that you reconnected with me. And there's a lesson for anybody who's looking for media opportunities, right, Renee? Never hesitate to, to do a hello, remember me, or hello, I remember you to somebody. And now he's waiting so patiently. He's got his Santa hat on. He is in front of a brightly decorated Christmas tree. I can't tell if he's indoors or outdoors. We're going to find out. It's Dr. Gary Sprouse, S-P-R-O-U-S-E, the less stress doc. He's a primary care physician in the state of Maryland, and he's passionate about making his patients happy. How? Through humor, through music, and understanding. I think understanding is probably the most important part of, of what you give good doses of, Dr. Gary. He entertains his office and nursing home patients with elaborate Halloween and karaoke costumes, and he's performed yeah, right? as Prince Elton John, Gene Simmons. He's written three plays. I've written three plays as well. That's how come I like you so much. A hundred, more than a hundred songs. And he has a YouTube channel with music videos that will just knock your socks off. <laughs> Dr. Gary Sprouse, I met you at the recent virtual National Publicity Summit, and I'm so happy to welcome you. So why don't you spend some time? I'm going to put you on speaker view. So front and center, Dr. Gary, and why don't you introduce yourself more fully to my listeners? Go ahead, Gary. Welcome. Hi, well, I'm Dr. Gary Sprouse. I'm the less stressed doc, and I've been practicing for 35 years. I started when I was 10. That's how, so I'm not that old, right? <clears throat> and so what, uh, one of the things that I've enjoyed doing is doing karaoke. As a doctor, I've been too busy I'd always wanted to do local theater, but you have to practice and it takes too long. So karaoke became that nice mix of like, you can practice at home and you can practice by yourself. The words are in front of you. The audience tends to be inebriated. So it's a really good mix, right? <laughs> so what, so now I, I do a lot of nursing home work. And so one of, one of the nursing homes that I go to, they started doing karaoke on Fridays. And so a lot of the patients, interestingly, even patients that have some dementia, always have a song that they sing. It's usually like one song, but they got that song down, right? Like one of the per- one people sang a Herman Hermit song. It does with a British accent. You're like, wait, what? So I, so I started coming and I was singing. So now I've become the celebrity. Now people wait. So I've had patients that were supposed to discharge home on Thursday. And they're like, well, can I wait till tomorrow? I want to see Dr. Sprouse sing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is good. This is good for business, right? Yeah. So one, one day I brought my wife with me. So when we got married, we did a karaoke wedding, of course. And so our song is Love Shack. 
So uh, the <laughs> audience was waiting for me to sing, and I go, no, no, I got a surprise for you today. And so the surprise was my wife came, and we did Love Shack. And so we brought the house down. It was awesome, right? So. I, I love that. And Gary, you sent me a link to a video you did about wearing masks and it was oh, a parody. Right. Oh my and, God, that was so much fun. Yeah. And, and what do you call that? What's, what's the song it's that called, that was? Uh, it's called Save a Life, Wear a Face Mask. Yes. And it's, it's written to the song, uh, Ride a Horse, Save a Cowboy. Save a Cowboy, which was one of my favorite uh, episodes of Dancing with the Stars several years ago. I can't remember if it was Nick Lachey or one of the Jonas Brothers. Somebody was on Dancing with the Stars, and he did Save a Horse, Ride a Cow- Cowboy. And it was with uh, Cheryl. I can't remember her last name. Uh, a professional dancer with very short, dark hair. And she was his his person with him he was his instructor and partner in the video and i never forgot the song after that it was, yeah i want to ride a cowboy it, it was really cool but gary you have no boundaries when you did this video renee if you could have seen him yeah i have to send you the link i think the link was in the promo it's just, laura when you're listening you got to go watch gary's video you are just no holds barred uh, gary i, I loved it that's it when i did the video i watched back right Here's what I got. My dog stole the show. Like in the <laughs> middle of the song, my dog is sitting there wagging her tail with a mask on. I'm like, everybody goes, oh, your dog's so cute. I was like, no, you're supposed to be watching me. Right? Children and animals. Right? Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. I've, I do. Uh, my day job is business radio broadcaster. I've got an audience of a couple million people around the world for my my day shows. And I've had guests recently. We're doing it all on Zoom. And I've had guests in the middle of a conversation about supply chain or digitalization. A cat will walk across the windowsill oh, right. behind them or the mantle. And I always say, what's the cat's name? And I'll welcome Sophie or Deirdre or, or Bobby, whatever the cat. We haven't had many dogs, but we do get cats walking behind the guests. We don't have children very often running through. They, they're they pretty good about that. We can hear dogs in the other room, but cats seem to like to be on business talk radio. So well, my favorite part of that video was I put out on Facebook and said, I talked to you know the people that I met and said, send me a picture with you in a mask. So in the video, there's about 150 pictures of people with their mask on. People got together. They did group yes. pictures. It was like they had like, uh, yeah, there was there was some really good creative ones that were done. I saw that. And, and I was, until a couple of weeks ago, ending most of my business radio shows by saying, wear a damn mask already. Stop, yeah, that, no, stop that nonsense. What are you waiting for? Come on. Uh-huh. doesn't say anything. It's just health, for goodness. Anyway, we're not going to get political. So, Renee Baker and Dr. Gary Sprouse, I tell you what I want to do. I want to go through some celebrity birthdays first, and then we'll yeah. do the national holidays. There aren't a lot of holidays this week, but we'll do the celebrity birthdays. So, I don't know if either one of you remember Remember David Mamet, the American playwright, screenwriter, and director. Yes, Pulitzer Prize and Tony nominations. He wrote and produced Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes. And Speed the Plow. Very, very famous. Happy birthday. Say happy birthday, David Mamet. Come on. Yes. And how about Mandy Patinkin? I think he's one of the most interesting actors, performers, singers, uh, everything. Mandy Patinkin, he played Indigo Montoya in Rob Reiner's The Princess Bride. He appeared in Barbra Streisand's Yentl. I remember him. 1983, I can remember a movie. He was in that. That's right. Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy, and he's appeared on Chicago Hope. He was a doctor, Criminal Minds, and he played Saul Berenson in Showtime's homeland now mm-hmm. here's somebody a lot more contemporary billy idol ah, billy. i did billy idol one time actually 
the Mandy Patinkin? You met Billy Idol, Gary? Yeah, I dressed up as Billy oh, Idol. Oh, you That's did. Awesome. Of course yeah. you did. <laughs> the hair, and, hair and everything. I did. I actually bleached my hair, and I started bleaching my hair for the next couple of years. Well, there you go. See, influence, an influencer. Now, a style influencer. His full name is William Michael Albert Broad, and he emerged from the London punk rock scene as a member of Gen X, God bless them, and a lead artist during the MTV-driven Second British Invasion in the United States. He got the name Billy Idol. Do you know how he got the name, Renee? No, I don't. Go a ahead. teacher, a teacher. He must have been L-A-Z-Y in class because a teacher said, oh, Idol. No. And he, he took the name Billy Idol. I, that's oh. what they say. Now, let's move up a little bit. That was 1955. He was born. Happy birthday, Billy Idol. Colin Mockery. I don't know if you remember him, but he's a Scottish-Canadian sing, uh, sorry, comic actor, and he stars very often in Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He's a wonderful comedian. Yeah, he's very Happy birthday to Colin Mockery. Now, I have a singer. I have no, I think I remember her song. Stacey Q sang a pop song, singer, writer, dancer, and actress sang Two of Hearts in 1980. I think it was Two of Hearts. Da, 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 da. Gary, you don't have to do that one on karaoke. I don't know why I put her in there. Now we have another great, Ben Stiller. Let's say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. Happy birthday, Ben Stiller. Actor, director, producer, screenwriter, the son of the comedy greats, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira, both gone now. And he has written, produced, starred in, or anything to do, everything, with more than 50 movies. And he was born in 1965. He's not that old. He's at 35 and 20. 55 years old. And he's been in more than 50 movies. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Zoolander, The Cable Guy. There's something about Mary. I still can remember falling out of my seat in the theater at that movie. It was hysterical. <laughs> Meet the Parents, Night at the Museum. And Madagascar. Happy birthday, Ben Stiller. And how about Clay Aiken? Do you remember Clay Aiken? Yeah, I remember Clay, sure. Yeah, well, he did a lot of holiday albums, Renee, and he was the second place American Idol winner in season two. He is the fourth highest selling American Idol alumnus. I didn't know he was that wow. popular. He sold more than five million albums. They're still calling them albums. And he was a UNICEF ambassador and he ran for Congress here in my state of North Carolina, got to the primary and didn't make it any farther. He so did? I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. he ran his, on the Democratic mm-hmm. ticket for Congress in North Carolina, I think in 2014 or 2016. You can look him up, Clay Aiken. How about Kaylee Cuoco, one of my favorite people? She was Penny in the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Did you know that she has a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Really? Already? Deserves it. Oh, six years ago, Gary, she got a star in 2014. I, and she does a lot of commercials now. And there's one more who's been in the news recently. Happy birthday. Actually, she's the birthday sister of Kaylee Cuoco, Chrissy Teigen. Married to John Legend. They recently lost a baby. She talked about her miss. And she was a briefcase model on the first couple seasons of Deal or No Deal. Do you remember the TV show? Uh, Yes. Uh-huh. The girls line, and she was also a 2010 Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, and she played the love interest in a 2006 music video for John Legend's song Stereo, and they met and fell in love. That's oh, and they're Aww. a sweet couple. They're beautiful. <laughs> I I love listening to him sing. It's like just mm-hmm. a regular person singing with so much emotion. He's just so 
authentic, right, Gary? When John yeah. Legend sings, just he's just real. Love it. Okay, let's go to some national holidays now before we do a deeper dive. The show is about creativity, and we're getting creative here. So today is November 30th, the last day. Thank goodness of, oh, we're almost there, kids. Uh, let me tell you where we are, actually. It is the, I have it all written down here. It is the 334th day of the Gregorian calendar, but it's a leap year, so it's the 335th day. There are only 31 days left till the end of the year, I know, Renee. And if you haven't gotten something good to drink for New Year's Eve, 31 days left, and today's almost over. I'm put, I've been saying this since February. I, I just have got a recipe from a friend for Irish cream. I can send it to you. It's amazing. The calories and the booze just through the roof, but you won't care. So uh, if you haven't got, Gary, if you haven't ordered anything, bought anything online or put something in the sink in the, in the, or the bathtub or the sink in the garage, like homemade gin or Kahlua or something, you've got 30 days. Okay. That's, I'll work on it. That's your, I, I know you will. And it's the 48th Monday of the year, as if anybody's counting, just me. And thank you, Gregorian, Greg, Gregory, whatever your name is, what your mother called you for your calendar. We appreciate it. So let's do the national holidays quickly. Today is Cyber Monday. If you missed Cyber Friday, you had a chance to do it today. And they're still having 70% off, and they're still having 50% off, and they're still having doorbusters. Apparently, Cyber Friday was huge for retailers because so many people will not even go to the store stores that are open. The only store I go to, full disclaimer, is Michael's if I have to pick up canvases because I paint. I just go into the store. I won't go shopping, but I wait. I call you. I order it online and they bring it to me in the shopping cart or they come out to the car. So that's the only place I go. Renee, what? Oil, acrylic. What do you what do you paint with? Oh, I paint abstracts and collages mostly in um, in watercolors on canvas. And I've graduated from uh, from ten by twelves to eleven by fourteens to fourteen by sixteens to sixteen by twenties to twenty by twenty fours. And I just bought my first thirty by forty canvas. I don't know when I'm going to do that, but I'm I'm working on the twenty four by thirties now, and that is a commitment. Let me tell you. Yeah, I was just going to say that's a big that's a that's, lot. Of- Line canvas to fill up, and I only have eighty-five paintings so far, and I started less than a year ago. So I'm I'm working on working toward a hundred before the end of the year, and it's going fast. I think and the collectors with big money go for that size. So good for you. The, the big size, yes, 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 absolutely. I asked the girl, the young lady in the store, who brought the the cart of the with the canvases out to my friend's truck. They won't fit in my sports car, and <laughs> I said, I've never, never. I said, did I really buy a thirty by forty? And she said, yes, you did. Here's the receipt. And, and she said, I'm, I'm up to 10 by 14s. I said, well, I'm on my 24 by 30s. And I'm one of these days, I'll be brave enough to tackle the 30 by 40. We will get there. So Cyber Monday. Today is also Computer Security Day. I don't know whether that's a joke or whether you're supposed to. Yes. And today is, Renee, you're going to like this one. It's National Mason Jar Day. Yeah, Renee, I do like that. Do you have mason jars in your house? Do have mason jars and and I've got a homemade kombucha in it, but I, I like the creative things that people do with them for gifts. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Gary, do you have any mason jars in your home? Well, of course, but you know, I was going to tell you that one of my patients, her, her husband, would come in and go, "My wife will can anything." He goes, "She'll even can dirt." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, really?" But you need a lot of mason jars when you're canning stuff like that, right? So. <laughs> so today is National Mason Jar Day. Tomorrow, December 1st, is National Christmas Lights Day. My community already started, and I put my Hanukkah lights. I just put, yeah, I put you those. you said it was against the rules. 
Well, they did it anyway. Listen, if the neighbor across the street is doing it with an eight, 10 foot tall Christmas tree, I can put some little blinking lights in my my front window. So and there it. Twenty twenty broke the rules first. So apparently, right? Yeah. Ha. Renee, that's exactly <laughs> right. You said it. Twenty twenty mm-hmm. broke the rules. I like that. I like uh, that a lot. You can have it. December 2nd is National Mutt Day. Does anybody have a mutt? I don't have any pets. Oh, you have a no. mutt? But I like other people's Yes, pets. yes. We, we I, rescued a, nine, a nine-year-old dog, and that became our dog, Zoe, right? So the first week, every time I walked in the room, she would bark like crazy at me. Then she would settle down, and I'd go to the bathroom, and she'd come back and start barking at me again. And after a week, I was like, this is not working, right? And so one of the ladies from the shelter came out and gave her a bunch of treats, and then somehow she started liking me, and now we're now we're okay. Now we're good. Mm. <laughs> he didn't know how close she was to going back, right? Oh gosh, <laughs> so much for Zoe. What kind of treats do you give her that she likes, Gary? How creative are you with the well, treats? Well, she likes this is crazy. She likes ice cubes. Nice. So when I go in the refrigerator to get something, she's standing right there, going, "I need ice cube. I need ice cube." And you throw it down to her, and she's like, "It's like she's like a goalie, a soccer goalie, and she's like batting the ice cube around to try and eat it." Aw, that's cute. That's cute. I, I have two grand puppies. They're both Australian Labradoodles. Wait. And one is three and one is one. And they are lovely. <laughs> and an Australian Labradoodle and a regular one. It's, it's apparently, it's a different type of a breed. And there are people who only collect the Australian Labradoodles. Oh, and if you go on Facebook, there are families. There's one family has seven. They call them doodles. One family has seven doodles. They dress them all up for Christmas and they put them in front of the fireplace <laughs> the hearth, and they do postcards and pictures and all that. And my son-in-law loves to, and my puppies, I call them my puppies. Uh, one of them won a contest, a Halloween cost- contest because his name is Jake and they got a little pin on Amazon. It says Jake from state farm and they put him oh my in a, gosh, that's too a little red shirt. The other one was the dude. <laughs> he had sunglasses on and a sweater. He was the dude, but he didn't win anything. They only let one puppy for per family win. So we had a, Jake was second place in the Halloween. I don't even ask Renee. What? what, what makes them grand puppies? Well, I don't have grandchildren, human grandchildren. So they are grand puppies. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe you had a, a dog, and it was the you know the couple generations down from the dog that you once had. I, I just nope, nope. That's who they are. They're they're my grandpuppies. And every time I come in, and they know they hear my name or they hear my car, they're just all over me, and it's it's a lot. I'm not a. a this is what we had. My my uh, stepson got married, and about six months later, we got a phone call going. Hey, we got a surprise for you. We're like, oh, you're going to have her pregnant. They're like, we got two dogs. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's about it. Works now, right? Yeah, way more likely to have yeah, way more likely to have pets than grandkids. So. That's that's it. There you go. December third, there are no national holidays. Make your own up. December fourth is National Cookie Day, and it's also Jay Z's birthday, and he gets to be in the national holiday list. Renee, I have no idea how he gets in there, but. I don't know. It, he just does. Now, December 5th is National Candle Day and International Ninja Day. Gary, did you ever play a ninja in any of your music videos? No, I did not. I okay. Really? <laughs> Who makes up these holidays anyway? Does oh, Hallmark no. makes all these up? Or they? No, no. You just go to National Holidays. There's a separate calendar and you go by month and they're, they're crazy. Renee, what were you going to say? 
You you can register. You you can apply to register for your own national holiday, but it's it's not easy. That it has to get approved. But lots of people do. I have friends who uh, registered National uh, uh, Music in the Schools Day. Uh, that one, yeah. And I have face painted ninjas, but I think face painting may be dead for a good long while with COVID. <laughs> It's made a lot easier, right? You just have a mask and just kind of paint around it, right? Renee, do I know your friends who registered National Music Day? Do I know them? Oh, Vincent and Joanne. Vincent, Vincent jo- James and oh, Joanne Pierre Domenico. Yes, they are fabulous. Look them up. 88 Ways Music. They've been on my show several times, TV yeah, and radio. That's the podcast I was listening to. Yeah, Vincent James and Joanne Pierre Domenico. Very nice people. Very, very dedicated. To- I knew as soon as you said it. See? Yep, they so, just so, a big fundraiser for their for their music in the schools. That the summit is a small family, right? There we go. Now we have uh, December sixth is National Gazpacho Day. Anybody drink gazpacho? It seems like a weird time of year for that, doesn't I, it? I would have thought June or July, maybe even August. I know. Well, somebody named it that way. December seventh is a little more fun. It's National Cotton Candy Day. National Letter Writing Day, maybe handwritten cards for the holidays. And, of course, December 7th is Pearl Harbor Day of Remembrance. Yes. Serious going day. back to Gaspacho, my, my stepson, he, had come home, he came home and he was, I don't know, he must have been young. And his mom said, you know, what did you have for dinner? And he goes, we had this cold stuff. He goes, it was Splacho. And he's like, Splacho, <laughs> what? Splacho. Well, if you haven't had enough, enough fun with Gaspacho Day and with Cookie Day, okay, and with Mason Jar Day, then on the 8th, it's National Brownie Day. Now, I don't know if that means the brownies you eat, the chocolate ones, the blondie ones, or National Little Girl Scout Brownie Day. I have no idea what it is. It just said National Brownie Day. So let's thank you both for helping me out with the holidays. I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, and I read some of these holidays. I said, what did you think? And she said, oh, I'm so busy. I don't celebrate any holidays anymore. And I said, okay. Yeah, right. Thanks. Yeah. One day, uh, one day at a time, one national holiday at a time. So let's, let's dive into creativity. I titled this episode, An Extra Helping of Creativity for a Tough Year, The Gift of Holiday Smiles. So let's talk about holiday smiles. Renee, I'm just going to tell you that whenever you start to speak, your mic cuts out for a split second and then you're full volume. Don't worry. Okay. I, I'm just, the first word is usually lost and then we hear you full speed and that's okay. It's fine. So Renee, talk to us a little bit about go back to why caroling and and how you're doing it on Zoom this year, how you're doing it remotely, how the spirit is still there. And and it doesn't have to be Christmas, Christmas carols. It's songs of the season. So talk to us, Renee, how important is singing traditional songs to bringing people out of whatever funk we're collectively in and helping, not making us smile, helping us smile. Renee, I'm going to put you on speaker view. Talk to us. Talk about creativity at the holidays. Go ahead. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I'll just cut to my adulthood when I when I started caroling. But there, carols do have a, a higher vibration. The different kinds of music have different kinds of vibration. And you will find that uh, oftentimes the classical music, the old hymns, things like that, they have a higher vibration and they do vibrate within us. And uh, I did a TEDx talk a couple of years ago about the science behind making music together and there's the whole story you you may have heard about the uh, the unofficial christmas truce of 1914 so you know you've got the germans in oh, one right. trench right and you've got the the british allied forces in another trench and it was christmas eve 1914 the war had been going on for about 5 months at that point and um and uh, at one point 
it was about 8.30 at night, and the, uh, the Brits started hearing something strange up uh, atop their, their, their trench and, and a few feet away, and it was singing, and it was, it was the Germans. They were singing Christmas carols. They were singing a Christmas carol, and depending on where they were on this long trench, it was a 400-mile trench, um, they, some of them thought they heard Silent Night, but the most famous story, and I write this in my book, is, is uh, Deste Fidelis, mm-hmm. uh, because the first, the first uh, carol was not Fide- uh, Deste Fidelis. It was, it was something else. It might have been still an oct, but uh, the British Allied forces thought, oh, this could be a trick because they're very smart, these Germans, you know, and so they just listened to the song. They stayed in their trenches, and then when it stopped, they just decided to carol one to them. So they started singing and they went back and forth like that, caroling to each other. And then all the, but in their own language, English and Mm -hmm. German, right? And then uh, the Germans started to sing, which is, oh, come all ye faithful in Latin. Well, Mm. the Brits knew the Latin as well. And so they started singing with them. So you've got the Germans and the Brits, mortal enemies, singing the same Christmas carol in the same language at the same time. And you know, it was that that made them both feel brave enough to get out of their trenches and go meet each other in the middle of what was called no man's land. And they celebrated Christmas for 48 hours together. Big, long story. They wouldn't have stopped celebrating. They, they believed that they wouldn't have fired another shot if it hadn't been for the, uh, it was the, the, the British commanders who were upset that they were fraternizing with the enemy. They told them to stop. They didn't stop. They were the ones who fired the first shots that resumed the war that would eventually kill 17 million people. And, but, but it was the science behind that. There is when people make music together, and like I said, there's a higher vibration in uh, carols of the season. So my caroling company, like I said, every year there's been about 30 of us, and we are a very diverse group. We've got, uh, uh, we've got of course, we've got Christians. We've got Jewish people. We've got, uh, uh, I hope one day to have Muslims and Hindus, but we, we have agnostics. We've got even an atheist or two. We've got Buddhists. Uh, we've got all sorts of different races. We've got young. We've got old. We've got women. We've got men. And we all recognize this palpable spirit of the season, and we all hold ourselves accountable to it, and we love it, and uh, and we participate in it, and we recognize that when we're caroling and there's a group of people, they'll come around us. This year's different, obviously, but they will actually be singing each other's carols, the different traditions. They'll join in together, and there's magic that actually happens when that happens. So that's why carols, that's what drew me to it uh, my whole life long. And I've just only become more and more in love with it the more I see that it actually is a tool for world peace. Thank you. I keep wanting to call you Carol Boss. Be- before I bring Gary in on this, Gary, I want your, your thoughts here. But but Renee, Renee Baker, and everybody looking her up, it's R-E-N-A-E, and Baker you could all spell. Renee, today are young people looking for, I'm just going to say, modern carols? Are they looking for more popular songs, or are they adhering to or embracing, better word, are they embracing the traditional songs of the season that maybe they heard a parent or a grandparent sing or heard Bing Crosby in a Christmas movie or or they heard Gary Sprouse sing somewhere? But, but Renee, just briefly, are people, are younger people looking to embrace new music or are they, they still with the traditional holiday songs? 
I don't know that they're actually looking. I think it's what is presented to them. And that often has to do with their parents. I mean, when we're in a group, like at the New York Botanical Gardens, which except for this year, we've been there every year for so many, and we'll get a group of people around us, you will see the parents and the grandparents uh, requesting songs of us and singing it in their their child's ear. And uh, they'll, they'll get them involved by asking for Rudolph or Frosty, but then we'll get into Silent Night and Joy to the World and all sorts of things like that. And they are loving it because they said it, they used to be able to get this in the schools, but they can't anymore. Mm. And, you know, if they don't go to church or if they do, they don't. So it is, we carolers are actually bringing these old carols that the parents and the grandparents cherish to this next generation. Absolutely. Well, but I was just listening to, I'm listening to Hallmark on my serious radio. And Ariadne Grande was singing the Christmas carol. And it's like, so like, you know, some of the pop stars of today are bringing the same carols back. So, yeah. Thank goodness. There you go. Maybe that's the question, the better question I should have asked Renee. Gary, thank you for that. Is the younger generation of entertainers are bringing their own spin to the traditional songs and making them continue to be popular and resonating with the more contemporary audiences? I hope I said that right. Gary, what do you think about carols? Do you do you uh, do you sing them? Uh, do you go caroling? Did did you Gary talk to us about your holiday spirit? Because you know, caroling, doing anything in a group. I mean, humans are kind of set up to be in groups, and mm-hmm. we, it, you know, just as we enjoy eating and we enjoy breathing and we enjoy drinking fluids, being in a group is how we were set up to be. So, anytime you're in a group and you have a, a joint objective, it just sends all kinds of energy through you. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you, as you sing as a group to another, to the audience, they feed off that energy. And I'm guessing, Renee, that you feed off their energy too. That's what I've always found. When I'm on stage, if their audience is, is engaged, it makes me a better entertainer. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. Yeah. That's yeah. What the magic of being in the same room, which is why it's, yeah. it's frustrating now to do it on screen. But I, 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 I'm beginning to think that there is at least part of that magic that can happen through screens, as long as it's live. I, I think so. And I've been doing radio on the phone for the past 10, 12 years. And around March of this year, I decided to put all my business shows on Zoom. They're on Voice America. We still broadcast live, the audio, but I put them. And for the first time, people have been on business talk radio with me for years and years and years who were coming back and in and various, I have 52 radio series I've created in the past 10 years. And so some of the shows have been with me for nine, 10 years, six, seven years. And so I get some of the repeat. These are thought leaders in all kinds of business topics, technology, business strategy, interesting people, very well read and very, very articulate. And for the first time, I was able to watch them speak through Zoom, Renee, and I call this I call this nuanced radio because I get to see, like I see the two of you, instead of just doing a phoner, I get to see you, I get to watch you, I get to hear, see how you, when you're ready to start speaking or stop, I get to see you think. I have guests who walk around, I have guests who rock back and forth when they're on a radio show, I have guests who, who are in a, a vacant attic somewhere when they're talking and and guests who are with elaborate virtual backgrounds, which shows you a little bit about their flavor of their brand and how, but we didn't have that. It sounds like it's the old days, but radio was done by, how's your show? Well, it's a phoner. Okay. I'll get on the phone and I'll call in. And my, my engineer tonight, we have Josh Randell and, and his 
colleagues at Voice America would call my guests all over the world. We, we would call people in Asia for a show or in Germany or in France because sometimes they couldn't reach us. We'd call them. But it was and I had to learn to listen for the end of a sentence, but the end of a paragraph. Oh, Think wow. about that, Gary. I had to listen to and I'm, the, the rule of thumb on all of my business shows is you talk in two and after three minute sound bites, no lectures, no platforms. So I had to hear when they were about to finish that sound bite. Mm-hmm. And then I could come in and talk, but you don't want dead air, but you also don't want to step on people's toes. So it was a challenge. I learned to do it well over the years, but now I get to see Gary, I'm watching you shaking your head yeah, and your right, Santa exactly. hat with the, with the tassel is shaking. <laughs> and I get to see Renee in her beautiful Christmas sweater with her. Renee, is that a virtual background behind you or real? It's not virtual. It's a backdrop. It's absolutely gorgeous. She is in front of, it looks like mahogany and dark woods. It's a a fireplace, a mantle with a beautifully decorated tree. And I I can see the fire in the fireplace. Yeah, it's not moving. I should have known that. It's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fire's not moving. I should have known that. So, Gary, let's talk a little more. We have time. Let's talk a little bit about well, your creativity. How do you pick uh, the characters you play? You played Gene Simmons and you played Prince to your audiences at nursing homes and for your staff. How do you know which characters to pick? And if somebody wanted to do a dressed-up karaoke for a holiday gift for a family or a treat for friends on Zoom, how would you suggest they pick a character that they would enjoy and people would enjoy? I'm putting you on the spot here, Gary, yeah. but the well, less so stressed doc, the less stress me. Go ahead, Gary. So I would do karaoke at, at like a local facility, right? Like at a bar or something. And so I knew the, the DJ and so what I, I just decided to, to sing some songs. I did Gene Simmons first. And so I called him up and said, Hey, look, I want to do a Gene Simmons. So I dressed up as Gene Simmons. And what he let me do was sing like two or three songs in a row. And then I'd go back and sit in the audience, let other people come up and sing. The audience went crazy because they're like, they don't get to see Gene Simmons. And now they did, right? So it was like, it was a little crazy. So as I walked down the hall, like these women were like, oh my God, I've always loved Gene Simmons. And they're pinching my butt. And I'm like, wait, stop, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so it just became fun. So then what I had to do was find an artist that I, that I enjoyed that had enough songs that you could do eight or nine songs that everybody would recognize. So I'd done Elton John and Billy Idol and Prince. My brother and I got dressed up and did the Blues Brothers. So the dressing up was fun, right? I mean, so my, my brother and I had this bonding moment, right? So he had this big beard. Uh-huh. And so we, we got together and he shaved his beard and we had these sideburns and we're dyeing our hair brown. It was like, I was like, dude, really? This is like a bonding moment with my brother dyeing our hair together, right? <laughs> So, but the, so, the, crowd, the audience would love it, right? So, uh, yeah, it was, it was so good. So now when I, uh, so basically what I try to do is my Halloween costume tends to be somebody who can be a singer. And if they do enough songs, then that's who I picked to be. <clears throat> okay. But I like up. So Go one ahead. year it was Trace Atkins. He's a country singer and he's six foot six. Okay. So I decided, well, I want to be, I'm five foot eight regularly, right? So I got these cowboy boots and I put a, a, a stilt inside the, the boot and kind of screwed it all together. So I was six, six tall and my wife took, took some pants that I had bought and made them longer. So we went out to Halloween and I'm thinking, man, this is an awesome costume. I'm six foot six. I got the hair. I got my trace belt on. I'm like, I got all these details and I didn't get a single look. I'm like, 
what? What the heck's going on? This is an awesome costume, right? So then the, the next day I looked at some of the pictures and I wrote, oh, I was so good that people just thought I was six foot six dressed up in a cowboy costume, right? And I'm like, oh, they didn't realize that I was only five foot eight. So yeah, <sighs> it was pretty impressive. And I went, I went to one of the nursing homes dressed like that. And I walked in as if I knew where I was gone. And nobody stopped me, which was a little scary, right? I'm like, they should have been stopping me. Like, who are you? <laughs> and then as soon as I talked, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're Dr. Strauss, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Gary, I have a question for you. You are really putting yourself out there when you're, video, when you're videotaping to go put your, your songs on YouTube. How, I, you don't have to answer, but I'd love to know how many takes before you say, that's the one. That's yeah. the money. What? Just one. One take. That was it. Oh. One take. Yeah, it was pretty Wow. Awesome. Yeah, okay. no, I had a good, the guy who did the, uh, he, he put it all, he spliced it all together. He did a good job because he did, you know, we did some, like a take here in the living room and out on the dock and out in the doors. And stuff. Yeah, one time we, we kind of went through it and that was it. So it was good. And as we're going along, it was like things would pop up in our head. So we would add stuff like there's this thing about going through the door. So in my house, I have four different doors. So we just decided, let's go through this door. Let's go through that door. And then the, the opening scene is I'm standing behind the garage door. And we hit the button and the garage door comes up. And in the beginning of that song goes, dum da dum da dum da dum da dum da And the garage door is coming up and here I am standing around. Yeah, let's do it, baby. I love your energy and sense of humor. Gary, a question for you. Um, do you believe, I, I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. We've heard for many, many years, there was a, a well-known author years ago who said laughter is the best medicine. Oh, Do you absolutely. still think that that's true? Absolutely. Do you think laughter has, I'm not asking for medical advice here, laughter has healing properties and, and Renee has spoken to the value of shared music, right? And, and yes. interestingly enough, we know people want to hear jokes or stories and, and so many cartoons, not the bad ones, but the fun ones have been floating around for months trying to cheer people up at this very difficult, multi-difficult year for so many with so much separation and alienation and, and so much. I'm not getting into the political sides of this whole year, but it's been a tough year all the way around. So, Gary, what would you suggest if somebody has a relative? We're not talking COVID here, but somebody has a relative who's just depressed. We know we're seeing a lot of depression. I know that the you know what rates in Japan are up. I think they're double or triple this year. More deaths from suicide than from covid there that Just, right oh yeah i read that today yeah and that's that's a terrible statistic so what would you say the doctor is in the less stressed doc what would you say for cheering somebody up who's blue we used to say down to the dumps um blue depressed the holidays are coming you can't thanksgiving was tough for a lot of people you couldn't sit down at the table you couldn't watch uncle jack loosen his belt and tell bad jokes and then go in and and burp during the football game i'm sorry i don't have an uncle jack i don't know if you do but sorry uncle jack if you're listening uh, but seriously how would you suggest people cheer up people who are I'm not going to say less well off, who were less happy, yeah. <laughs> less maintenance than we are. What do you say? Yeah, well, actually, it was just interesting because I just helped a reporter write, a story, write that very story, right? So one of the things I talked about was actually writing a letter. So people, I mean, we've gotten not gotten used to not getting things in the mail, get it on email and things like that. So when you actually take the time to write a letter, it means something to people, right? And when they open, they get the letter in the mail and it's personalized and it's to them. That's freaking awesome. Uh, number two, what I tell them is, look, 
do something that's on a routine basis so that people know it's coming. So it's like, don't just call them randomly. Like, go, hey, on Monday at four o'clock, I'm going to be calling you. And so then people can, it's Friday, and they go, oh, Monday, they're going to call. And then you can talk and chat. And so when they know it's coming, that makes it even better because then they can be prepared. And the, the yeah, the, when, you, when you think about something that's going to be pleasant, you can think about it for a couple of days and have the pleasure of thought about it. So when it actually happens, that makes it even better. Uh, and then keep it upbeat. I, I like, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. So I try to be one of the t- tools that I use in the book is, is realistic optimism. And so what I say is, look, we get, you know, we can focus on all the bad things that are going on with COVID, but let's focus on all the good things. Like, you know, like you got, you know, you get to be on video and you can do video. So like, um, like when we did that virtual summit, there were people that were in Hawaii that wouldn't have been able to come. So there's a whole bunch of other advantages that come along with that, that you wouldn't get to do. So I think I could see my daughter in Austin, Texas, who I wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise. So those are the kinds of things that I would talk about. Keeping it personal. Vision is definitely better, right? So we're like an 80% visual organism. So zooming things is freaking awesome. It's not as good as being in the room with them, but it's the next best thing. Thank you. And I love the comment about letter writing. I know a few years ago, I had a very well, very famous uh, Dana Steele, former very, very well-known DJ, I think from Texas. She was on one of my radio shows and we had a wonderful conversation And she was saying that the art of letter writing and thank you notes, handwritten thank you notes, had died years ago. And people were sending on email, thanks, best regards. I always say with appreciation when I end an email where somebody's done something nice or or complied with something I needed or helped me out. But she's, and you know what? She took the time to handwrite a thank you note to me for welcoming her on my radio. This is a world-class, world-famous female DJ from back in the day. And she wrote the note, and I still have it. So I can't tell you where it is. But when I moved down here to North Carolina, that's in my collection of memorabilia that I want, is that handwritten letter from Dana Steele saying, Mm -hmm. thank you, Red. Mm -hmm. Very, very nice. So, Renee, what are your thoughts about cheering people up? I like everything Gary said. What are your thoughts? I just want to say, Gary, I th- I love everything you said as well. I, and I love your, your what do you call it, realistic expectations? Optimism. Optimism. Realistic optimism, yeah. That is so good. And I really loved what you said about, uh, you know, uh, some regularity about uh, how you how you relate with people so that they can be looking forward to it, the anticipation. I think that's half of the joy of Christmas for children is the anticipation. So I agree with that. And, and also... Uh, that was one of the things that I was thinking, Red, was uh, the writing, the handwritten notes is so important. It's one of the things that we can do this year that's so special because we're, you know, everybody's a little screen worthy, right? Screen screen weary. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I was thinking, look, I've got, I was like, this is a year that we, it's going to be more than ever. (laughs) I've got this whole pile of boxes of cars that have been from years and years and years. And I'm like, you know, yeah, writing every single one of these is going out this year. Renee, Renee, my listeners can't see what you're holding up and you're holding up a lot of cards. So why don't you tell us? 
I've got about eight boxes of Christmas cards and holiday cards and, you know, non-holiday specific winter cards, you know, whether it's about peace or joy or the Peanuts gang <laughs> or, you know, or the, the, the sparkly Christmas tree cards, the beautiful things. I, I mean, I heard a few years ago before we were dealing with too much screen in our world, people missing those kinds of cards that they would receive in the mail yeah. just because everybody was doing the family photos and of course we'd like to see the family photos and yes. the the catch-up letters but there's something you know that we really love I love I always tape up every card that I get oh, onto right. my wall and and I keep them for years and years and years and I pull them out with my Christmas decorations and uh, and so I and, and it gets I know we don't always have time but this year we're home more we're tired of screens. It's something that we can do to really lift people's spirits, and it's, it's one of the things I'm doing. I like that a lot, and I, I was doing my early days of painting, which were about a year ago. I was doing collages, and anything that had an interesting picture or a label or a logo or color on it, I, cans of peas, I'd take the wrapper off and the little lisseur and the picture of the peas, I'd put that on a collage and, and co coffee labels on, on the Keurig cups, I'd cut them out and dry them and use the labels and things on the We OUI is a brand of yogurt that comes in jars. I use the jars for water, for dipping my brushes in for my watercolors. And I use them to, put, to save the little push pins that I used to stick. I have a whole art gallery in my garage and I so I reuse those jars, but my paintings have the inside of a box of chocolate chip cookies, almost any brand, have a special type of foil that doesn't crinkle. And if you open the cookie, the cookie box, Keebler's and some of the others, uh, or Chips Ahoy, and you open the box and you carefully cut around the edge of the packaging, you'll see that it's a shiny foil that doesn't crease like tinfoil. Yeah, and I would cut out little shapes or the inside of a, of a good bar of good chocolate, sometimes there's gold foil. And I cut it out into little shapes and I, using clear Elmer's glue, I paste them onto little parts of my paintings to give a sense of light and motion. And uh, Christmas cards and holiday cards are perfect for that, Renee. And yeah. in years ago, I was uh, before I was painting, I was cutting out bits and pieces of the beautiful trees and the sparkles and, and saving them just because if I didn't want to have the whole card, the, the, the lengths to which the designers went, now it costs a fortune to, to have a card. But you know what? Homemade cards, they're very popular in my neighborhood. People are designing their own cards. And I have actually sent people, I sent somebody a bereavement card about a year ago that was one of my small, I, I painted a small painting on a card. I taped it to a card and I put it in an envelope and I wrote a message inside. It was one of my first original paintings. And I've done that with photography. I've done that with, with photography where I'll take a picture of flowers or trees and apply a special filter in Photoshop and come up with something absolutely luscious and paste that to the front of, of a hard piece of hard stock and write a message on the back and use that for, for cards for people. Yeah, so I need you in my office because when I'm talking to patients, I like to draw pictures so I can show them what's going on. But I am a horrible artist. My stick figures are bad, right? And I tell people I'm, I'm a much better doctor than I am artist. So maybe you could come to my office and help me out. 
<laughs> I, I, Gary, I would be thrilled. Listen, I have a quick question for both of you. We've got three and a half minutes left, and I'm really, really enjoying the conversation. We just ramble on this show. I don't have an agenda. I just want to talk to interesting people. So thank you both for your time. I appreciate it very much. And Renee, thank you again for dropping me. Hey, remember me? Of course I remember you, lady. Your timing was perfect. But quickly, if you had one minute each, if you had to leave the house, let me go to Gary first. If you had to leave your house or your office with five minutes notice, and I gave you a box about yay big, let's say, a, a foot by a f- 12 inches by 12 inches by 12 inches other than your phone and your keys what would you put in that box to take if you had put in there right three three items besides your phone and your keys what three items would you put in that box gary that you had to leave in a hurry i'm not telling you when you could come back you had to leave in a hurry my tablet because it has like a hundred books in there okay yeah at my dog yeah now that we're now that we bonded so yeah uh yeah, that's about it. That's all okay. The the tablet and the dog and the Renee Baker. What would you put in the box if you had to leave in a hurry? Well, if it was at this time of year, I would have my Carol book. I would have my pitch pipe, and I would have my jingle bells. Oh, I love that. Well, I would always have to put one of my red lipsticks in there. You know that radio red. And I would probably put a put a card with the appointment for my next touch up on my beautiful natural red hair. <laughs> And what else it would be? I would try to fit my 27-inch iMac into the 12-inch box. <laughs> Gary, we know that's not going to work. But it would it would probably be the keys to my – I, I, I don't have a traveling tablet. I have an iPad. I would bring my iPad. Uh, but I would probably make sure I had the keys not just to my house but to my little sports car convertible, and I would go. Yeah. And, I can and, see you're a convertible person. And a a gas credit card. Well, I'm on my fifth Z. I'm driving a 370Z, a sparkly white pearl paint with a red rag top and red leather seats. Red top? How do you get that? That. Go look it up there. They and they stopped making Z's convertibles as of this year. You cannot buy the new ones anymore. And if you want one that's two years old or a year old, you can get it for about sixty thousand dollars used online but anyway they did come in a white pearl white sparkly model uh in 2017 2015 2016 with red and i found it online and it was 20 minutes away and i called the dealer and i said don't you dare (laughs) don't you dare sell that to anybody i'll be there in one hour wow that car isn't there and it was there and we haggled for a day and then i said i'm coming to pick it up with a check for the whole thing. I've traded in my bluesy. I've had five of them. 79, 86, 93, 2008, and 2015. My, I'm a real Z fan. And anyway, I have to go in a second. So I said to him, I want one of those. Car- uh, Carol Boss, you're going to love this, Renee. I said, I want one of those big red Christmas bows on the front of my car when I come to pick it up. <laughs> And he said, you got to be kidding. I said, somewhere in that dealership, you've got a damn red bow. Don't tell me you don't. And he called me on the phone when I was half hour away from coming to pick up the car. And he said, guess what? I said, what? He said, I got it. And the (laughs) bow is across the hood. He wouldn't let me take it home, though. And we have to go. So let's just wave your hands goodbye. Happy holidays to all. I'll be back next week with another live show. And I will say it again. Be safe. Be smart. Be savvy, wear your damn mask, and keep sane with the holiday spirit of creativity. Dr. Gary Sprouse, Renee Baker, be well. Radio Red, over and out. And thank you, Dr. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.